It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, we did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. How you doing on a Tuesday? I'm doing all right. Doing all right? Got a preview Tuesday. Preview Tuesday. So we're going to start calling it now. Got Reaction Monday, Preview Tuesday, We Memo Wednesday. (laughs) That's right. That's still on the docket. (laughs) Forgot about that. I don't know what what we're going to (laughs) do. I just like saying We Memo Wednesday. We Memo. Uh, so we had a couple of Monday night football games last night. Uh, we, the, you know, the week two is now in the books for the NFL. Uh, we'll continue to uh, look at Utah State and UNLV. A little bit more of a breakdown today on that, on who the opponent is. Uh, Jason has uh, put together a preview on Cash Valley Daily. If you want to skip to that, you can go right to it and yeah. read some of the comments and breakdowns that you've done there. Uh, stat that blew our mind, player of the week. Uh, some You heard it one case at the top of the hour there uh, that's going to be part of what we discussed today about fan behavior. That's an issue. And, um, you know, there, it was an issue here. It's been an issue nationally. Uh, there's been some high school stuff. So we'll, we'll get into some fan behavior issues that have popped up just within the last week to 10 days, really. Uh, I guess you can extend that. Well, I think if we say a week to ten days, that pretty well encapsulates yeah, th- most of it. It's just that it seems to be increasing more and more. Just dumb incidents. You know, fans just doing stupid things that they really shouldn't be. Uh, and then finally, um, well, not finally, there's two other topics. One, Utah Jazz have uh, added to their roster. Seemingly, they keep adding to their roster and they're like, beyond their limit of what they can have. But uh, we'll see. Clearly more moves must be in the works for Utah. Uh, But there's some top 100 lists that are out from a couple different publications. How many jazz players are on, current jazz players, I should clarify, are on that list. Um, And then uh, the last thing, too, we want to make sure we mention and highlight uh, that the Utah State football team is making a special focus this week about mental health awareness they've been releasing some videos blake anderson re- uh, released a very heartfelt raw emotional uh, video yesterday stephen Cotsonley shared one today uh, these are these are amazing stories that are being shared and uh, we'll can and we'll, we'll continue to get more like this as the uh, next week week and a half rolls on for utah state football yeah, so, there's, it, it's good that they're drawing attention to this. It's something that we as a society have gotten a lot better at in terms of recognizing in the last, I don't know, five or so years where we've been saying, hey, this is a thing that athletes go through. You know, 
we need to realize sometimes the people we idolize or you know athletes and celebrities and whatnot they have they have mental health problems too and also you know us ordinary people we have them as well so it's good for for people to not be afraid to talk about it right and in the process they're sharing um in- information you know what what kind of resources are available to people and that's great because there's some people who just may not know. Like I don't even know where to turn to, where to, who to call. But they're trying to do what they can to share that information and those details. You see these videos at the back end of every one of them. There is a host of different ways to contact people to get help and to uh, to get the resources that you need, which is great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. So a lot on the docket today. Um, and as always, if you want to weigh in on any of these topics, feel free on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321, to, uh, to weigh in. A couple texts coming through. This one actually before the show began this afternoon. Uh, this is from 2305. says, I understand that Commissioner Thompson is stepping down from the job as commissioner. Do you see anyone locally applying or qualified for that job? Uh, I think, Eric, you put your resume in, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, I'm really good at like um, you know playing video games and fantasy stuff. <laughs> got that? Got that dynasty? Is there a commissioner mode for like NCAA football? They ever put <laughs> does that, out? Does that count for yeah. anything? That, that always reminds me my my dad. He was in charge of hiring at uh, one of the refineries in Woods Cross, or like for his old department. And it was after the Utah Blaze kind of dissolved the old uh, Arena Football League team, and like one of the coaches put in a resume for like an accounting position. <laughs> <laughs> like he listed all of his, you know, imagine like the things as a football coach, and just imagine them in resume language. Like I, I looked at the resume, it was just funny. He, he wasn't qualified for the position at all because he's a football coach, not an accountant. Not an accountant. <laughs> I, just, I always think of that one in terms of just like, you know, you know, not qualified for it. Just like you're applying for something that's just not part of what you do. You're right. Uh, do I see anyone locally? No, uh, look, I feel like he's just hinting towards John Hartwell. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's the point I, well, of maybe text. he would. I don't know, but I, I, I mean, nothing against John Hartwell in that position. I just think that the Mountain West would want, would need somebody who's been involved with some fierce negotiations, because that's what the future is going to look like for the Mountain West, from TV deals, multimedia rights deals, and keeping the conference together. They, they need a fighter who has uh, been on a national stage. Not, well, not necessarily like a, 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 uh, a so celebrity hire. I don't think they a need fighter a fighter who's been on a national stage, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> not, you know, not necessarily on a national stage. That's not the right term. But somebody who's been involved at some, in some pretty high-profile negotiations. And that could be somebody who's... Um, you know, uh, uh, a number two at, uh, you know, or, or a high ranking person within the Big Ten or the SEC, somebody that's involved in television negotiations at ESPN or Fox. You know, those are, those are that type of people that the Mountain West really needs to try to go after to A, keep the conference together, but B, put in a position to still be relevant in the next decade. Yeah, for me, I already you know, we we uh, we had this discussion a while back, and I basically said we need somebody really outside. We don't need to do an in-house hire. We need to do something outside the Mountain West. You know, don't just hire one of the 
the ADs or, you know, one of the lower executives from the Mountain West, don't just promote somebody into the spot. Bring somebody in from outside who, you know, as you were outlining, they have an understanding of the national scale. And they have not only just have an understanding of that, but have been in the fray. Um, TV executives, you know, as you said, maybe lower-ranked guys in the Big Ten SEC, guys who probably aren't going to get a chance to be a commissioner of those big ones, big, you know, big conferences, you know, let them be a you know bigger fish in a smaller pond. So that's where they need to go, and that's where they can find some growth. You know, if you pick the local person, you're not going to improve. Maybe you'll stay together. Maybe you'll find somebody with passion to, you know, make the conference run. But you're not going to improve, and that's the key. One of the Mountain West's problems in this very volatile period of college football is that they've stayed the same. That's a problem. You can't stay stagnant in you know this kind of changing college football environment. It's already bit them in the butt. We don't want that to keep happening. Right, and and it's not this. It's not to say I don't believe that anybody locally within the Mountain West maybe not have those skills. I just I don't know that they have those relationships, like those current relationships and have that experience currently. Not to say that nobody could get there based on their own personality and their own skill set. I just think that the Mountain West needs to find somebody who's already in the thick of that. I think that's going to help them immensely moving forward. Yeah, it's all about connections and who you know and who you have the respect of. And somebody, you know, some lower-level executive in the Mountain West does not have the attention of CBS or Fox or Amazon. You know, I threw the possibility of trying to maybe bring in somebody from Amazon who are yeah. they're going to try to invade college football definitely in the next little bit like they've invaded the NFL. Maybe you can be the first step. You know, obviously they'll have their sights set on controlling Big Ten, SEC, or maybe ACC, at least some Power Five conference. But they might begin with the Mountain West. Maybe you can get in on that so that you're part of a package if they eventually get like a Pac-12. You can be a package deal. You get the Mountain West and the Pac-12 on Amazon. That could be, it'd be a risk because Amazon's kind of iffy as far as like how good they're going to do in the sports casting space. But it's something. Right. They're clearly making inroads there. They've got the rights for Thursday night football yeah. in the NFL. Uh, 5338, texting in, thank you uh, for Coach Anderson for bringing to the forefront mental health struggles that many people face. Along those lines, I'm concerned about my own mental state should the Aggies lose again on Saturday. Uh, I'm starting a campaign, also another text, I'm starting a campaign to make Al Lewis the next MWC commissioner. Yeah, I don't think Al would... Uh, yeah, I don't think Al's interested. <laughs> I think he would reject the resume. I, I will say this. Therapists will become very rich in Cash Valley if Utah State loses. It's tough. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of anxious fans, that's for sure. Uh, we'll get into some of the comments that Coach Anderson made this week about addressing some of those concerns and being trying to be prepared for an improving UNLV team. Like... In the preseason, before we know what Utah State was going to look like and their, through their first three games, I would not have seen a UNLV team as aggressive offensively as I've seen them so far. So we've seen two programs heading in opposite directions from what we anticipated before the year began, really. Yeah, I don't think anybody looked at this UNLV-Utah State game as being of any significance You know, when we were in the preseason. 
maybe UNLV, they could have thought that way because they would have thought, all right, we're going to cut our teeth early on the reigning Mountain West champion. But they probably would have just been thinking, okay, we might just chalk that up as a loss. So you know, they might have been hyping themselves up for it, but Utah State certainly didn't see UNLV as any threat. But suddenly, for both teams, maybe UNLV was chalking it up for a loss preseason, Utah State was thinking it was going to be a win, but suddenly for both teams, it has major implications. Not season-defining uh, you know, implications, because both can still achieve most of their goals even if they win or lose for either team, but... UNLV is looking to validate some of the stuff they've done early in the season. They've got a couple of wins, you know, one's against an FCS team, but another is against a North Texas team that is two and two this season. Uh, so they're trying to validate some of the success they've had, and they had, you know, a Pac-12 team. It was I think twenty to sixteen they lost to them. Uh, you know, they hung with a Power Five team, which is, you know, Power Five teams compared to G Five, they're going to be athletically superior. So they hung with a team that was better athletically than they were. Even though they lost, they still hung with them, which can give you confidence. So through three games, they have a lot of reason to be happy about themselves, and winning this game would only add to that. And that can be huge for a program that's not done very well the last few years. I think they have a winless season like two years ago. So, And then you look at Utah State's side. You know, They basically have to win this game almost, or things are going to be catastrophic. I thought they were bad last week. Like, if you come out and lay another egg, this could go down as one of the worst three-game stretches in the last 30 or 40 years. Comparable with they think Utah State got shut out like three games in a row in 2006. Well, and it, the, uh, the, the importance of this game is not lost on Blake Anderson. And uh, he shared that with the media on Monday, saying it would be huge. And he used that term a couple of times, that uh, it would be huge for Utah State to beat UNLV. We want to keep it in perspective. I think it's so much just how poorly we play, just the fact that we cannot find consistent play. Starting off 1-0 in conference would be huge. Getting a win and getting positive energy moving in our direction would be huge. And it's, it's the next challenge. I mean, you get, you get tested one week at a time, and, and right now we're frustrated. Um, I know the fan base is frustrated, so are we, trying to find what this team is. and. Being as competitive as last year, as uh, team was, that's just man, that's a that's a huge hurdle. Yeah, so it would be huge. <laughs> that's uh, not to be understated. Just how important that would be uh, for Utah State uh, to get that win. Not just because UNLV is some you know Mountain West power, and it's going to be a feather in the cap that oh they beat the Rebels. But it's about getting being one and zero in conference play, uh, getting back on track, uh, exercising the demons from these last few weeks, and uh, trying to set things right with Utah State. And it's been, from all accounts, it's been a bit of a battle these uh, the last week and a half during the off week, trying to figure out who this team is, Utah State, who they are themselves, uh, before they can really face. Uh, focus too much attention on who UNLV is and the challenges that they pose. Yeah, they've had a lot of soul-searching. We've, we've gone in-depth about that, and I wrote a whole, like, thousand-word article on them trying to do some soul-searching. Um, and this will be where they put that to the test. They've talked the talk about trying to find themselves again. And, you know, they're doing more about talking about mental health and some of the things they've had to overcome. And so they're talking the talk, 
And, you know, we're eating that up and we're saying, all right, we're, we're trying to get back on the hype train a little bit with them saying they've, they're figuring things out. But this is where it's going to be put to the test. Are they just talking? Which we've seen, like, whenever a team has a really bad season, they spend the whole year talking the talk and never walking the walk. So can Utah State come out and actually perform like they have made an improvement? That's going to be the biggest takeaway from this game is will they show improvement? Will they score on offense for the first time in a month? <laughs> That'd be nice. That would that would be huge. I think that's the right term <laughs> to take it from uh, Blake Anderson. Uh, 2305 texting in. I'd like to see something done with the current radio media situation with Utah State Athletics. I do not think it is enhancing the Aggie Athletic Program they have it where it is. Something needs to be done. Yeah, Utah State really likes the idea of having Salt Lake Media pay attention to them, as well as they should. But the problem is, even with their current media deal, the Salt Lake Media still doesn't pay attention to them. No. no. I- I'm with you, 2305. I would like to see a change, too. Uh, I want to make sure people understand it's not for lack of trying on our part. Um, there are other powers that be. And without going into too much detail, but um, uh, at this point, um, you know, log your concerns with the president, Noel Cockett. That's about where we can go now. We've sent people other places to no avail, so got to go up to the straight to the top. But yeah, we'd love to be able to do more. Look, we we do what we can with what we're allowed to do. And uh, we, we do a daily show here on The Fan uh, where we're talking about the Aggies all the time. We do a pregame before every game. And I should say it's unsanctioned, but we do our own pregame. And we do our own postgame. And uh, we'd love to have something in the middle there. <laughs> but that's uh, unfortunately not our call. And would love to receive a call from those who have those powers that be. But... Uh, Nonetheless, moving on. Yeah. Uh, UNLV, uh, interesting things from uh, Blake Anderson this week about this is a team not only improving offensively, as we've seen, this is a team that's already put up two games of uh, 50 points or more. This is a team that also has improved defensively and a, a team that he says that they play physical uh, man coverage, which has been a bit of an issue for Utah State so far this season. It was clearly an issue against Weber State, um, and that's something that USU has to get addressed. If they don't, then the tape's out on the Aggies. That's all you have to do to keep them off the field, and uh, that's got to be a big issue for this Utah State football team um, is going up against that man coverage. The the wide receivers, the offensive line, uh, everybody's got to be more physical in getting their their guys off the block and creating space and opportunity. I thought you were going to play a clip there for a second. No. <laughs> well, I can. Um, well, just, yeah, like I, said, I, I definitely agree as far as, you know, being able to beat that man coverage. That was the issue against Weber State, probably the number one issue of that whole game. Um, among many other issues, you know, losing 30, 35-7 to an FCS team has a lot of issues, but the biggest one probably was the receivers because that impacted the offense as a whole. And as you mentioned, if they can't show they can beat man coverage, then yeah, everyone solved the Aggies, which means 
season over. And, and so let's get to that, the wide receiver portion of this, how Coach Anderson uh, just coming to the realization that you know his team is not the same as it was a year ago at the wide receiver position. So things they need to do better individually, but also schematically to try to create more opportunities. I think we're going to have to be smart about, about how we utilize our group. It's not the same as last year. We're going to need to shuffle some guys around. Similar to what we did with DT last year, we would move him inside, outside. I think we're going to have to do some of the same things with, with both Griff and Cobb and, and guys that have had more snaps that have played more. We're going to have to be more versatile with where they line up, how we utilize those until some of those other guys get experience and get comfortable in a game setting. Practice and game are a good bit different. And we know that the different wide receivers are going to have to take the next step in their development and how they help the team and what role they play because Kyle Van Leeuwen is out. And Coach said you know, it could be Nana Davis, could be Terrell Vaughn, could be the Utah transfer. Now his name's escaping me all of a sudden. It is me. I, I put him in my article, and, yeah, I can't remember his name now. Although I didn't see him on the depth chart. I went and looked at the depth chart. And as far as receiver, he didn't show up on there at all. It, which shouldn't be the end all be all, considering I feel like Coach Anderson probably isn't even involved in the making of that depth chart anymore. Like, or maybe he never was. It's just like, oh yeah, whatever. These are the guys, and they just slightly update it throughout the rest of the season because they they brought one out for week one. Um, I don't. I'll, I'll have to look up. It's basically the Utah kid, but. The one thing that kind of stuck out to me there is just the creativity, at least trying to be more creative with how they line these guys up and the things they have them do because if you look in the film, it's been very basic. We've talked about it where, especially on a lot of plays, Bonner looks to the one side of the field. Maybe it's a four-wide receiver set. He looks to his right. He's got two receivers running routes. The wide receiver on the other side, they just kind of start a route and then just stop. And it's basically, all right, this is a two-wide receiver pass play. Okay, what happens if they're both covered? Well, we've seen what happens. It's been happening all year. There are even plays where there was basically one wide receiver that I could figure out actually ran a pass route. And so, you know, and I went back to last year, and I haven't done extensive film study of last year, at least recently, but in, you know, probably a couple quarters worth of watching games, all the wide receivers are running routes. They're all doing things. They're all, they're looking over the field. You know, it's still usually you start on the one side of the field, and maybe at worst you go to the other side because in college things are still simplified and they try and cut the field in half. But still, they have options. You know, he has options to go through, work through all of his reads, and they're running somewhat creative routes, and they're just not doing that this year as much, even though theoretically it's the same offense. Uh, let's get to actually what Coach Anderson had to say about who really steps in to replace Van Leeuwen and uh, what kind of roles they could place because it's not just on the wide receivers, mind you. Watching Terrell, the kickoff return shows you what he can do in space. Got a couple touches that were explosive. We also get Kyrie Rowan back, transfer from Utah, that, that was out the first two games. Uh, you'll see him start to play a factor there as well. He, he was just injured or would have already probably been playing in that role. A little bit. It's going to be a little bit by committee, I think. Uh, there we get also Brock Lane back at the tight end position. He's a little bit more of a guy that you would enjoy playing out in space. He had missed a lot of snaps due to injury. So they'll, they'll, getting both those guys back comes at a good time. Tyrese Rowan, that's who it is. 
the Utah transfer. Brock Lane really coming back. You know, he was he, he got in for a few snaps against Weber State, but uh, he could likely play a much larger role this Saturday against UNLV. Again, giving Logan Bonner, or if he's not able to really go, Cooper Lagaw, uh, uh, more options and opportunities to attack space in different ways than what they've been able to do so far. I would love to just see Brock Lane lining up as a slot receiver, basically, or split out wide, or you know, not being in a three-point stance or not being lined up as a fullback. I'd love to see. I love how you know Anderson. He said you know, have Brock Lane basically playing in space, like maybe that's a hint because right now the the tight ends they're not playing in space. They're playing as fullbacks, and every now and again they want to play to the flat. That's it. You know, and and I'm not a diehard have to use your tight end. If you don't have a tight end, then you just deal with that. I'm okay with that. I don't need to see an offense that utilizes its tight ends. You like to have them, but you don't need them. But if you got one, use them. So it's it's worth trying out because nothing else working at this point. Good points. Uh, more to discuss, more to hear from Coach Anderson, more of our breakdown of UNLV, who they are type of challenges they they may pose on Saturday uh, when uh, the Rebels come to town. Don't forget, we're going to be doing KVNU game day on location on Saturday. Starting at 3.30, Al Lewis is going to be hanging out at Prodigy Brewing there on Center Street in Logan, downtown Logan. So on your way to the game, stop in there, grab a bite to eat. They've got uh, It's, it's family-friendly. They have a great kids' menu there as well. Uh, they're going to have specials there like Oktoberfest kicking off in a few days. I know that bothers Jason that we're in September, but we're talking about Oktoberfest. But it's true. It's kicking off in a few days. And so they're going to have some specials there at Prodigy Brewing. Uh, so go check it out at three, starting at 3.30, Aggie Game Day, KVNU Game Day, on location Saturday afternoon starting at 3.30. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerick's. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerick's, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerick's find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerick's. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. 
Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today are you a small business owner who's your bank this is bruce rigby i want to invite you to bank with us at cash valley bank we specialize in helping small business and we have great people that's the cash valley bank difference decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business cash valley bank growing expanding and proud to have our roots firmly planted in cash valley cash valley bank member fdic this, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Debo Samuel, there's nobody like Debo Samuel in the NFL. You know, if I'm Seattle, I would try to create a Debo Samuel 2.0 with DK Metcalf. I would get him incorporated in the offense a little bit more, not just as somebody catching passes, but line him up in the backfield. Let him do what Debo does. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Valvoline Instant Oil Change open every day of the week, including Sundays at 695 North Main in Logan. Quick, clean, easy, just how it should be. When it comes to getting your oil changed, stop in today. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on the Full Court Press text line, we've had a few texts already this afternoon. Uh, 2787 texting in. Yes, the USU leaders are a bunch of Nickelheads. I wonder if it's meant to be knuckleheads, but nickelheads could be the case. I don't know. Just concerned about the mighty dollar. It's crazy that we cannot listen to the games on our local radio channel. It's pretty sad. And I want to, one thing I want, do want to be clear is that it's not necessarily the locals that are causing these issues. By and large, it's a group out of Missouri that's causing these issues. Really? Yeah. Do they own? They don't own. They are the ones who own all the multimedia rights and make it make it tough for the locals to hear their their local fan favorite team. So is it IMG College? Learfield. Learfield. Learfield IMG. Oh, Lear, they merged. Okay, I knew the IMG College was somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it was because they were the station was upset that they were like the biggest radio station in the state, and they didn't have any rights to any of the big colleges because well I guess the same company that has the BYU games now owns that company <laughs> so it's actually weird now and then uh, ESPN 700 I think owns the Utah games yeah they have the rights to Utah so yeah. like the biggest station at the time didn't have any of the major schools and so they just went out and bought one because <laughs> they, they were sad about missing out uh, well, KSL, I'm sure that's I'm, that was just my pet theory. Obviously, I'm KSL's not had BYU for decades. Yeah, but like I said, they hadn't merged with 1280 yet at oh, the time. No, 
they only did that like a year ago. Yeah, just within the last yeah, little while. But they've had the rights for like three, four years now. Something like that. The cool. Utah State rights. The zone. Yeah, haven't they had it for like three uh, years? Like five or six years. Five, something like that. Yeah. Been a little while. Uh, four seven eight one. Of course, people in Missouri screwing us Mormons over again. LOL. <laughs> Missouri hurting Mormons oh. since 1838 or something like that. Uh, 2305, wouldn't it benefit a local station to be able to broadcast the Aggie Athletics play-by-play games? I don't understand why Learfield wouldn't connect with someone local like KVNU or KBLQ. I'm pretty sure it's just the idea of broadcasting to the Salt Lake Valley. I'm pretty sure that's what they would have liked. Uh, they would like to be on our stations, but... Um, <laughs> when you look at the what they're asking for to do it, it it it's ridiculous. Yeah. At least what the last time they actually came and had a conversation with us, we've tried to have conversations with other university officials without going into too many details, but the Learfield people have not breathed the word to us in a long time. Yeah. So their their solution to broadcast, you know, a Logan football game to the city of Logan. They broadcast through the, the the student, right? The students like uh, it's not even like a full like radio station because no, they, it's the low powered FM that basically covers campus. Yeah, and they can't even run proper ads. No, well they're not supposed to. Yeah, they're not supposed to because but they've been violating b- that. because they're designated. Well, they they're allowed to run certain kinds of ads. Yes, but how they do it, they've they've been skirting it and they're and they're full on violating it now. Yeah. See, I was involved in that process a little bit. I did some of the studio work there. Yeah. Then I came here. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. A uh, couple things with Blake Anderson about this UNLV squad. This is a team that, uh, like we said, plays physical. And this is a team that has, as he says, um, has some big guys up front. And they have been doing a pretty good job of getting tackles for loss. Uh, was it 10 sacks so far in the season? Yeah, 10 sacks. So last year, I, I looked this up just barely. Last year, they were 122nd in tackles for loss out of 130 teams. Or 130 teams last year is 131 now. So 122nd in tackles for loss, 92nd in sacks. This year, they're 33rd in tackles for loss and 12th in sacks. Mind you, there's overlap because I believe they count sacks as tackles for loss, mm-hmm. which drives me insane. It's yeah, because it's kind of the, it is the same thing. It's the same thing, but just separate them, and it can be hard because in some cases, if the quarterback's running, then it's like, what is it? Because running quarterbacks are a lot bigger. Because I think in the NFL, I think they separate them. Because once the they quarterback starts be. making his move toward the line of scrimmage. It could still be considered a tackle for loss and not a sack. Yeah, and sometimes it's a designed run. If he's scrambling back, then you know he was passing, but there's there's some gray area. But still, just find a definition, just work with it. I can live with an error if you just separate the two because then you don't have this weird overlap. But either way, as you said, UNLV is a lot better at getting in the backfield this year than they were last year. They're one of the worst last year. This year, they've been one of the best so far. Well, they're a four-down team, and they don't mind bringing pressure. Pretty similar to us. They have twitch on the edge. Their three technique is plenty good enough to win one-on-one. So 
they provide problems. I, I look at their pass rush very similar to what we see from our guys, twitch and speed on the edge, able to push inside, will bring the extra guy, but it balances well with the fact they're playing really good man coverage in the back end. So I, it, is, it presents problems. They've been able to get to the quarterback very effectively. Plant's been doing this for a while. I think he was their defensive MVP a year ago, all-conference type player. So that doesn't surprise me. Uh, we're going to we're gonna have to protect the quarterback. We've got to also keep them off balance. We can't stay behind the chains. We've got to be efficient on first down. Yeah, that was one of my quick reactions uh, yesterday when asked about keys to the game is just how well Utah State performs on first down. They, they, be, they have to be able to keep that UNLV defense guessing. Uh, otherwise, they are, there are a lot of similarities to how Utah State's front is built with guys like Grishik and Vons on the edges who – or use speed uh, instead of power, and there's a lot of similarities there with uh, with UNLV so far and how they've started out their season. Yeah, Utah State, despite some troubles on defense, has done well at getting tackles for loss. I think I'm looking at they're like 22nd, I think, in the country. Uh, terrible at getting sacks. They have won the entire year. Um, I talked about that before where they can sometimes get pressure on the quarterback, but they can't take him down, and they had this problem last year. But even last year, they were really, really good at getting to the backfield, getting tackles for loss. A lot of that is aggression. It's blitzing. You know, it's bringing the heat, which has gotten them burned on some occasions. If they if they don't get the running back, he cuts back, and then suddenly there's only like four guys to maybe tackle him. And maybe Utah State can take advantage of this with UNLV. Try and get something going. Um, find some cutback lanes with the running backs, dodging away from the pressure, and then also taking advantage of it in the passing game. You know, Utah State's been a decent pass protection team. Some of that's been their throwing really quick, but they are really good at not giving up sacks, I think. I'm trying to figure out where the, the stat is for sacks allowed, and it's not where everything else is. Right? No, that's true. I mean, they have not given up very many sacks. Yeah, sacks allowed their 25th in sacks allowed, so 25th best at not allowing, not getting sacked. So... They've been solid at, at pass protection. And so, you know, if they can weather that and when they bring the blitz, you know, that is a case where try and throw it quick. You know, that's a situation where you're okay with throwing quick and throwing short and try and get some yards after the catch because then you're facing a much more limited, you know, amount of tacklers with just the secondary. And I think that's where you can get some, you know, yards after the catch with guys like Vaughn's and. And maybe Nine Davis over the middle in the slot, maybe Cobbs or McGriff if they're coming over the middle. Uh, it is going to require uh, some tough throws by Bonner, which he's not made too many of them. Tough throws under pressure, and we've not seen the receivers make tough catches under pressure. Which you know you'd have both of those on that kind of play where you're facing the blitz, got to make a tough throw, and the receiver is going to have to catch a ball that's not going to be the most well-thrown ball in the world. Mm-hmm. So. You're going to have to see some guys just making plays. They're just going to have to make plays. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to perform when it's going to be hard because UNLV is going to make it hard on Utah State's offense. Uh, a couple more texts uh, coming through. 6543. Notice the current line has UNLV by 2.5. It's, yeah, I just looked that up. Verified that. Yeah, UNLV is favored in this one in Logan. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think the other day that somebody mentioned that UNLV was favored, and I was a little surprised. It was like, okay, yeah. Well, for one, I think UNLV always gets favorable lines. I should mention that. 
because you know where they're located. Las Vegas and all. But still, it's not an accident that they are favored. Because nobody believes in Utah State anymore, well, and with it, good reason. Well, clearly UNLV's offense is is by and large clicking, and Utah State's is definitely not. Yeah. It's, this is a game about scoring points, and one team is scoring points and the other isn't. And if not for an El Elyon Noah touchdown late in the game last year, Utah State wouldn't have beaten UNLV. Yeah, so th- there's not a lot of confidence in Utah State, and I imagine if Utah State has another day where they start out slow, you know, this isn't last year's team that was able to overcome those slow starts. They kind of did it against UConn. But so far, they're showing that they don't have, you know, they aren't able to execute the way they were last season under pressure, and say they weren't able, they aren't able to flip the switch and just start say, All kicking right. it into gear. Yeah, yeah. They don't have, you know, a, a Devin Tompkins who, when you're down, your offense just isn't doing anything. You can't just lob it to him for a 60-yard touchdown pass, or have a drive where you throw it 30 yards to Tompkins, 20 yards to Bowling, 32 yards to Derek Wright, and you have a touchdown. You don't have that anymore. So if Utah State gets down, what do they do? Run the ball? <laughs> couple more texts coming through, 9310. USU is so strange. It makes sense Nevada and Colorado State have struggles, but USU retained our coaching staff and a normal amount of players, obviously not playing to strengths. I think that's something that Coach Anderson has been addressing when he spoke with me on Friday and again when he met with the media yesterday is that they've been trying to identify like who they are, really. And, I, I mean, I'm a little surprised to hear that question be posed at this point of the season. But at the same time, you know, as he said, pressure wearing a red jersey or on a practice field is very different from being in a game. And there actually there are a lot of younger players on this team that they're trying to fit in and maybe overextended what we thought they could do, and they've had to kind of walk that back a bit and say, maybe take a fresh look at, okay, who do we really have? What can they really do? Now let's build from that and go from there. Well, I think as far as, you know, returning a fairly normal amount of players, yes. And I think on defense, they've actually, they're around as good as they are last year. They don't have a Justin Rice, and that hurts. And they don't have someone quite at the caliber of Nick Henniger. And they're suffering a little bit from injuries on the interior defensive line. So they're some of the struggles on defense, you know, some of that's injuries. And so I feel like the defense is close to where they were last year. Some injuries and maybe one missing star player have them a bit lower, but they're not that far off. And they can be close to as good as last year. So I don't think they've dropped off nearly as much as we think they have on defense. On offense, there's been a significant drop off. Uh, in the passing game, obviously. The run game is honestly about what it was last year. Really struggles to open up gaps for the running back. They can do it against some lesser opponents. They did it against UConn, but they really struggled to open holes for Calvin Tyler last year. Um, They had some good games, um, but generally they were not a great run team. Um, PFF had them as like one of the worst run-blocking teams in the country. And... Having watched last season, I I fairly agree with that assessment. And this year, they're kind of continuing that. They're not significantly worse, and they're not any better. And they have a little worse running back depth, probably. 
because Noah was you know pretty solid last year and they don't have him. Maybe Briggs can replace him, whatever. But the run blocking hasn't improved. The passing game is where there's been a huge drop-off. Last year, shattered records, the passing records for the school, because they had Devin Tompkins and a couple of really good receivers. They lost those receivers, and what do we have now? We have nothing close to that. Last year, we had an imperfect offense. It was a bit one-dimensional at times. And you had some of the best weapons we've ever seen at this school, including probably the best wide receiver we've ever seen. And then you lose that, what do you have? You still have an imperfect offense with a run game that can't, you know, carry a game for the most part. And then you have a significantly worse offense, or passing offense. And that, I feel, is kind of what's happened. Sure, we've retained a lot of stuff. The defense is about the same, but the running game, which was imperfect, is the same. And the passing game is where we lost a lot of that talent. And the passing game carried this team a ton last year. So when you lose the backbone of a successful team, even if you keep the rest of it, it's not going to be very good. And that's kind of what's happening right now. That's kind of where they're at. That's true. All right, uh, more texts coming through. We'll get to those. We've got a lot more that we want to share as well. Uh, we've got, There's a new jazz player who was signed today. Uh, we've got uh, some interesting comments from Coach Anderson uh, about mental health awareness. That's a big focus this week. Hear him tell his story. We'll share that. Uh, as, long, as well as, I should say, the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week, which is coming up. Stick around. It's coming up next on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The people have spoken. Steel-coated epoxy floors of Cache Valley has been voted gold medal winner for 2022 Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row. Known for their extremely durable floor coating systems, they can completely transform your concrete. Garages and shops, porches and patios, they coat it all. With over 25 years of operation, Steel-Coated Epoxy Floors is Cache Valley's premier coating professionals. Contact Steel-Coated Floors of Cache Valley today. Find them online at steelcoatedfloors.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272, or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Looking for a job or a career change? Plan to attend Cache Valley Media Group's Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 to 6. Turn at 3900 North Highway 91 in Hyde Park. Be prepared to talk with businesses looking for employees now. 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 Advanced Call Center Technologies, HH1 Corp, Campbell Snacks, Nexio, Post Serials, and more. Better pay, better benefits, better job. Attend the Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd from 11 to 6 p.m. at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Presented by the Cache Valley Media Group. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. 
Head to Daryl's today for a great deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have a GE top load laundry pair with a 4.2 cubic foot capacity tub and a 7.2 cubic foot dryer for only $11.07 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, when you buy Napa Auto Parts, you know you're getting the best. When you pull into one of their five locally owned, pressed into Providence Napa Auto Parts stores, they not only make sure you get the right battery or wiper blades, they'll even help you install it. If you need other work done, they'll recommend a dozen Napa Auto Care Centers with ASE certified technicians. So uh, let's do this. For the sake of time, there's still more to discuss from Blake Anderson about UNLV, Utah Jazz signing a new player, uh, player players getting ranked in the top 100. But let's let's do this. Because on on Tuesdays, we like to take a minute to talk about a stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. So let's start out. Let's start out with the stat. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that blew my mind. All right, Jason, I'm going to go first. <laughs> All right. You and I have not discussed who has what, so... This is dangerous. It's always dangerous. But mine's a baseball stat. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. The uh, Angels were eliminated from playoff contention here recently. And there are 18 active players in Major League Baseball who have won an MVP. Only Shohei Otani and Mike Trout have never won a playoff game. Ridiculous. That that blows my mind in a very disappointing fashion for those two amazing players. Yeah, it is always disappointing when great Hall of Fame level players can't do anything in the playoffs. Can't even get to the playoffs. Can't even get there. So, all right, you got a stat? Yeah. So this one, uh, so the Miami Dolphins they beat Baltimore on Sunday. They came uh, back from 21 points down. Uh, in the fourth quarter to win in regulation, didn't even go to overtime. So that's the fifth time in NFL history that a team that was trailing by 21-plus points after three quarters won the game in regulation. Didn't really? even need overtime to, you know, you know, tie the game at the last second and then win. It's only the fifth time it's happened. So, you know, 100-plus years, NFL, it's just the fifth time it's happened. That is surprising to me, to be honest. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. So that's, it blew that your blew mind. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll get into uh, a player, somebody who stood out to us in their performance over this last week. Stick around. That's next in the Full Court Press. 
Tie gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. And uh, for the sake of time, we'll just have to get right into our Player of the Week. And so, no fun music? No well, squiggly no, sound effects? No fancy, yeah staging stuff no deep voice guy <laughs> what to do uh so for me i'm gonna give it to chelsea gray mvp of the uh, nba wnba champion las vegas aces uh just had a great performance for her team uh, especially over this last week on sunday in the clinching game four um uh, you know 20 points five rebounds six assists one steal one block and it really uh, kind of epitomized just her performance overall throughout the entire tournament and the impact that she had for her team. So she deserves a shout-out. Chelsea Gray and the Las Vegas Aces. The franchise who used to be known as the Utah Stars, by the way. Yeah, un- unfortunately. That was a while ago. I'd like to see a WNBA team back in Utah. But so for mine, uh, so I, I'm kind of double-dipping with my stat and player because they were both involved in the same game. So I mentioned Miami Dolphins had a huge comeback, and, well, who helped drive that comeback? Well, one Tua Tagovailoa. Mm. 469 passing yards. It's pretty nice. Uh, six passing touchdowns. Did have two interceptions, but whatever. They had to come back from 20-plus <laughs> points, so that was probably going to be in there. But huge game from him. Breakout has a lot of people uh, rethinking their thoughts on uh, Tua. Yeah, I, I took a long, hard look at that. In fact, I, he was one of my finalists that I was going to consider and talk about today. Um, but uh, what an incredible performance by Tua. Now, is it um, you know, is that just a one-off, or is this really indicative of him turning a new page in his development and impact as a player in the NFL? If so, Miami could be a really interesting football team this year. Yeah, I was, I was hearing one stat where they were talking about quarterbacks who'd thrown for, like, six touchdown passes, like the youngest players to throw for, like, six touchdown passes, and maybe 400 yards was involved in that. But one of the players who had done a similar accomplishment to Tua was uh, Nick Foles. 
So keep in mind, this isn't a guarantee that it was going to be good. <laughs> but Nick Foles does have one of the most insane careers in the history of the NFL. Almost up there with like Ryan Fitzpatrick in just terms of weirdness. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, so stick around because next hour we'll get we'll, more from Coach uh, Blake Anderson about Utah State getting ready for UNLV. Utah Jazz have a new player. Who is that? And any Jazz players cracking the top 100 of all the NBA? We'll reveal that next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When we talk about a quarterback's development, we often talk about is the run game going to complement him? How good's the offensive line? But also, as it was on display last night, it's really clear an elite wide receiver can be just as helpful. Josh Allen, a talented yet flawed prospect in his first two seasons, but that changed once the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. The addition of Diggs has helped boost Allen from 20 touchdown passes in 2019 to 37 in 2020. A similar situation is happening in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, far from the quarterback that Allen is, but the addition of A.J. Brown has done wonders for Hurts' development and has opened up that Eagles offense. Over the last decade, we've constantly been told a great running game, solid offensive line, and a stout defense was the best recipe for success for a young quarterback. But when you look at how elite receivers have helped accelerate a QB's growth in recent years, there may be a new blueprint for getting the most out of your young quarterback. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.